it always is every day, every day. So, Irik, welcome to the What's Goody podcast, dude. Uh, super excited to have you on, man. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of yours, and it's great to finally connect. I know we've met in person a few times, and we've chatted about a lot of things, but we haven't had a full-on podcast-style conversation about our health journeys because we just have yeah. so much going on in our lives that usually kind of wasn't the topic of conversation at the time. Yep. Yeah, dude. And I know your life just got super busy. So it's funny, like, you know, I've been doing podcasts with, with, you know, friends in our space that we come from like our keto space and, mm -hmm. um, the podcast episodes are always so much different after I talk to them after my kids. Right. Like, so I, yeah. for, I have a, a four-year-old and a three-year-old, you have a newborn and it's crazy yeah. how much life like really changes and, and not necessarily like take for granted, but you know, I, do you remember the days when like you and your, uh, fiance could just like get up and just leave the house? Like, just get up yeah. and leave. Like, yeah. don't life have is... to grab anything, get the pampers, the clothes, the milk, all the backup stuff. You could just get up and freely leave. And those days are, are over. Yeah. Life is totally different, but it's, it's weirdly better because there's just this like source of purpose that you're just looking at, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was fun to be able to waste time and lay on the couch and scroll on Instagram. But now it's like you're in the fourth quarter and every minute matters. So uh, it's almost dude, lit a yes. fire underneath me in a way that I enjoy and I value uh, a whole lot because I'm the type of person who can kind of coast if things start going well, if my health is in check, it's okay to just let off the gas and coast yep. a little. But this really puts everything into perspective as far as what's important even my health, you know, um, leading up to the baby getting here. When Anna, my fiance, was pregnant, I was kind of just saying, I'm pregnant too. Let me eat whatever <laughs> she's eating. And yep. uh, support. I put on that fatherhood 15. But then we have the baby and it's like, man, a, a switch had flipped where I got to get my stuff together because we live in a super hilly neighborhood and uh, I carry the baby a lot. I'm really into going on walks. I was getting yep. winded going up these hills and it's like, man, being in shape is more than just for me now. It's also, yeah. what if she's four years old and needs me to give her a piggyback ride and we're two miles away from the car? So there are just a lot of factors right now that are contributing to why I really felt the need to get a grip back on my health and everything in my life. Yeah. Isn't that funny how, you know, we, you, we, through our health journeys, we have different goals and we have different things that motivate us. You know, for instance, mine was, you know, a, a, I was jealous of an ex-boyfriend of my wife's. And then now it's like, I do it for my kids. Like, actually it's like, now I, I want to be the fittest dad at my daughter's soccer game or ballet, right? Like our, our motivations have all changed and our goals have all changed, but at the, at, at its foundation, it's the, it's still there, right? Being healthy, right? Whatever it takes to keep yourself healthy. Um, so yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, and it's funny, man, as she gets older, She's only going to get more active. She's only going yeah. to, uh, 
get you know run up and down those hills and it's going to be that much more important for you to want to keep up with with up and right you want to keep up with them like i sometimes think like man like and how do parents do it that are like severely overweight or severely oh, over yeah. uh, uh, obese and it's like man like if your kids want to play with you like not not only like you don't have a choice like you you can't mm -hmm. physically do it and it breaks my heart right and, which is why like you know i feel like you and i like we connect so well because now we're we're fathers and so yeah. we're a little bit older we're, we're not we're not the young instagram youngsters fitness fitness guys going out partying six pack and all that stuff like no we're we're more just real people like we're, we're fathers that want to be in shape uh for our kids and we want to help inspire other dads like ourselves, which i think is the most important right like help other dads know that hey just because you have a kid just because you have a family, just because you have a busy life, like pretty much everybody in this world does not give you the excuse to just let yourself go and accept the dad bod and accept being overweight, like, and, and accepting what society deems is quote unquote normal. It's like, Hey, that's what happens. You, you know, you have yeah. a fit, you have kids, you have a family and you, you have a job and you just get fat and that's what happens. And, and I feel like you and I are like, no. Like that is not the way it has to be. Yeah, it's so crazy how that is become normalized where we kind of, I hate this like philosophy or this new wave of how to feel about yourself. It, it just grinds yeah. my gears because whenever you're deliberately going to KFC, to Sonic, to Taco Bell, and you're loading up on all this food and you're not exercising, it isn't harmless you're harming yourself you're harming your emotional health and if you have kids think about it when i was a kid if my parents weren't in the best mood that was like terrible if my parents were yeah. fighting or yelling or they were upset with me it was like my life was falling apart and yeah think about how fast tracked those emotional issues become when you're metabolically unhealthy so it's like one of the main reasons why I'm so passionate about being healthy is because we need someone to stand up and say, it's not okay yeah. to just let yourself slide this far off track and be like, well, body positivity. I agree. Yeah. You should love yourself at every step of the journey. But if you don't realize you're harming yourself and that's something to really think about, then you're just being tricked by this, narrative that's hurting a lot of people yeah it, you know it's funny you say body positivity like i 100 percent agree with body positivity but i mm -hmm. agree with it the opposite way like body positivity should be taking care of yourself should be yeah. eating right not saying oh this is what i do leave me alone let me do me which is fine like right like I, i'm never the one to like and I feel like you're the same way. Like we're never the one, like we stay in our lane. Like, you know, look, listen, at the end of the day, I can't stop you from doing anything. I can't stop you from eating the way you want to eat. I can promote the way I eat and, and, and share my experience and share how it's benefit benefited me, not only spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, but it's really played a huge impact on what I do for a living nowadays. Right. Uh, so it's really opened up the doors for me. But yeah, this on the other side of it, yeah, the body positivity of like, 
make almost celebrating being obese, almost celebrating having these metabolic health issues, diabetes, um, heart disease, uh, type two, you know, type two diabetes, prediabetes, insulin resistance, PCOS, low testosterone, the list goes on and on, right? Of these magazines and these pictures of these people that are severely overweight. And it's like, this is, this is the new body positivity. I'm like, no, like I'm all for it. Just like you said, but on the opposite way, why is there nobody talking about body positivity and working out, you know, and eating right and eating healthy and doing all these things. Now, again, I'm sure you and I could probably go through like this two hour conspiracy conversation on how, like, look, everybody works together, right? These big corporations, the, the insurance is working with big pharma, big farmers working with food, foods, working with the, 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 you know, all, all all three of those. And it's like, they don't want us to get healthy. It's too yeah. convenient to go out to eat. It's too convenient to do fast food. It's too convenient to just sit on your couch and just binge the next, whatever show is on Netflix, right? Like, you know, the, 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 the latest one is the, well, in my opinion, the latest one is Jeffrey Dahmer that everyone was talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we but, just watched that yeah, one. <laughs> it's, it's too, it's too. Yeah. By, by the way, it, it was, again, it, that too got, what in the hell nowadays, like everything is polarized. So I can't even say like, yeah, of, of Jeffrey Dahmer is very polarizing. Like everybody had its opinion. It's like, there's, you can't do anything nowadays without people having a huge opinion on anything. It's like, it's crazy yeah. nowadays, but yeah, there was a, a big fuss about the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series, which by the way, I thought was really good. I think the actor, the main guy, I forgot, I forgot what his name is, but I'm a big fan of his from X-Men. He played uh, Silver Surfer. Uh, not okay. Silver Surfer, I'm sorry. Uh, Quicksilver, uh, I believe, w uh, in X-Men. And he was a great actor. He's very funny. So anyways, uh, I digress. But um, yeah, it just it's a little bit too easy, right, to be unhealthy in America. I think, yeah. I don't know if I think there's this big conspiracy of keeping people unhealthy. I think it's just convenient and things are rolling along. So... If all these businesses are profiting from the way things are, I just don't think there's an incentive to change. And I think there's more of an incentive to just say, let's just keep what's working, working. And they're not considering uh, just Martha in Arkansas who weighs 320 pounds. They're considering their bottom line. So as the goal of any business is to make money, they're just uh, crossing off their checklist of let's stay out of the red whatever we have to do to keep surviving. And I just yep. think there's a different way to approach it where if, if we just thought about what would benefit people the most, how much more innovation would happen in the world if everyone's brain was functioning properly? How much more, how many more new ideas would come out of kids being healthy and yep. being able to focus in school? Because we know that sugar it just like exacerbates ADHD symptoms and so many other mental health issues. So yeah. if all these kids are going to school and then they have the Capri Sun, the Twix bar, and then they have to go focus on science, maybe they would be passionate about science, but because they're on this blood sugar roller coaster, it's like harming their ability to really grow up and contribute in the most effective way possible. So that's what really frustrates me is 
we don't see the upside of people being healthy because I think it could be better for all of us. And I, I know it would be better for all of us if people were healthier. I just don't think that everyone understands that how big of a deal it is to really focus in on getting people healthy and how that would benefit even the people who don't think they would benefit from it. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, can, can you imagine like, let's say they did bring it up, right? Let's see like, Hey guys, um, ADHD and all these other issues that are plaguing our society and our children. Most importantly, uh, if you, if we just eliminate sugar, that could solve a lot of these problems. I think people would freak out well, one because like, well, and you've heard it. Like I've heard it all the time, but parents say, well, what do I feed my kids then? And even though the answer is simple, it's, it's, it's not right. Pe people like numbers are, are simple. People are complicated. So yeah. telling a person like just eliminate sugar, seems pretty simple enough, but they would look at you like, Oh my gosh, are you, are you kidding me? What are my kids going to eat? My kids don't eat anything. They, they only eat snacks. They only eat anything that comes out of a yeah. bag. And it's like, well, um, we, I don't think your kid works and I don't think your kid can actually buy anything. So actually you're yeah. feeding your kid these things. Um, so, but that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, it, it, I a hundred percent agree with you. There is not enough discussion on what we feed our kids, how would, how it would benefit our kids. And it would benefit the teachers as well, because I'm sure for teachers, like they have to deal with these kids that are constantly bouncing off, off the wall all day, every day. They have their melt, their breakdowns. And look, and I see it now because my, my daughter just started preschool. And so, you know, some days she has her days and some days she doesn't. And then also kids in her class as well, like are not behaving. And it's like, I see what they're feeding them. And look, we, we have this little app with our teacher. And she's constantly always saying like, you know, can, can parents, can you bring snacks to their, to next week? They would like to have this, 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 and like all of it's just processed junk, yeah. you know, you know, goldfish, uh, Teddy grams, Oreo cookies. It, it's just junk. And so it's like, man, if, if we only came together as a society and said, look for the kids, for grownups, for young adults, eating foods that are aren't going to spike our blood sugar, eating foods that are whole foods that are good for us, um, are just going to benefit. Well, one, the, the kids are going to learn more Two, the, the teachers won't have to deal with the, all these crazy kids and that will help them out. Yeah. If we want to talk about it from a, 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 an adult, um, viewpoint production, production in your work, in your work environment. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, I'll keep it real with you. When I used to work my nine-to-five job, I may or may once or twice took a nap underneath my desk. I, I'm just saying, you know, after a meal because, you know, that's what happens. You eat these, you know, these high glycemic meals and then you come back from lunch and your blood sugar is now crashing. And you're just like, oh, my God, I just want to – I need to take a nap. Like, I feel so tired. And – and just think about it as a company standpoint, if like you just said, at the end of the day, what does the company care about? The bottom line, making more money, mm -hmm. right? Well, what if I came to your company and said, look, I can improve your production in your company by 25%. And all we're gonna do 
is take out all your vending machines that you have in your break room that are just donuts and chips and Cheetos and Oreos. And we're going to give you healthy foods like, you know, I don't, you know, like beef jerky and cheese and just healthy meals and watch your production skyrocket because now everyone's focused. Everyone's dialed in. No one needs to think about a nap. No one is constantly thinking about food because their energy levels are continuous and they're not constantly thinking about the next snack, next meal and not being able to like, you know, sit down and actually like work on a project without having to like, Oh, I need somebody. I need to go to the break room. I need to go get somebody to eat real quick. And then it stops production. So for a standpoint like that, that's where that's the only way I see companies truly accepting it as that if you can somehow prove to them that it will increase the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, it's you just have to speak to the decision makers and convince them that their best interest, everyone's everyone has the same goal. It's just the way of getting there varies so much. And people just have false beliefs about how to get there. But at the end of the day, you just want healthy people and the world will just go so much smoother. And that applies to like emotionally healthy too. you know, how many lives would it save if we learned not only to keep our physical health in check, but our emotional health in check. Yeah. There are just so many reasons why we could really put an emphasis in the world on just being healthy, well-rounded exercise. Like all of these things would benefit everybody so much, but it's just so far out of realistic possibilities that we're like, we're not even going to yep. try because when I was starting my health journey, I was overweight basically my entire life. And uh, I would fluctuate here and there like growing up as a kid, but I was always carrying a good amount of body fat. And uh, yeah, I remember being 18, 19 years old and I was like, I have to lose this weight. I had ballooned up to 240. I live next to a Dairy Queen, so I would just go there twice a day literally two blizzards a day was just wow. every day. And uh, that was kind of my breaking point. But I had just felt so helpless because the idea of going for a run or the idea of not getting a blizzard that day, it just felt so foreign to me and so out of the realm of possibilities that I just didn't try. And eventually, I just started watching motivational videos on YouTube and they would hype me up and I would go for a run. And then for two weeks, it would be back to Dairy Queen. Yep. And I don't know what clicked, but I hit a point where it was like, let me just break this down to the tiniest step I could possibly take. So I got in the habit of making milkshakes at the end of the day. I would buy the Rocky Road ice cream or whatever. I would mix it with almond milk and then I would put blueberries in it. Same thing with my cereal. I would put blueberries in my Frosted Flakes. So just the act of putting blueberries into the junk food I was already eating made me feel like, okay, I can do this. I'm doing something yeah. for myself that's good. And then that kind of just spiraled into, all right, I was drinking green shakes for a while. I don't think those are a healthy, I mean, they're healthier than a milkshake, obviously. But I don't yeah. think that's the optimal fuel you should be putting into your body. 
eat a steak instead. But anyway, yeah. I was I started drinking green shakes and that was like I'm not taking away the junk food I'm eating. I'm just adding in healthy food. And when you yeah. do that, it's easier to turn down the junk food because it's like, man, I'm stuffed. I had a giant chicken breast. I had a green shake. When it's time to eat the French fries, you don't eat as many. And then that's kind of how my health journey started. Eventually, I learned about keto and low carb and all of that. But I think just breaking things down to the smallest step you can possibly take, even if it doesn't mean taking away the bad food, just adding something good in, that's where people should start is what are you realistically going to stick to, but that's yeah. challenging enough to where you'll feel proud of yourself for doing it. That middle area is if everyone just started there, I think we could see a lot of big transformation in the world and people's lives. And it would just, it would just be amazing to see. Yeah, man, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you. How, how did, so yeah, how did you even find keto? Like you took that first step, which is again, the most important one, right? Um, did, how did you stumble upon keto? Was it YouTube or a friend or how did that happen? Uh, yeah. So it was, it was actually the Joe Rogan podcast. He had Mark Sisson on, who's the founder of Primal Kitchen. Um, yep. And I was listening to that podcast. It was kind of my introduction to the low carb world where I had already gotten the hang of adding healthy foods into my diet, but I wasn't ready to start cutting things out yet because to me, yeah, when I start restricting, I want to binge. So if I have to eat 1200 calories a day, I'm going to go to bed that night, not be able to fall asleep. And in order to start, in order to get sleepy, I'm going to go make a milkshake and blow the whole day. Yep. So the idea of going to bed hungry would never work for me. But the way it was explained on that podcast was basically, look, if you're hungry, go make some eggs, have half an avocado with it. The way of eating... Mm -hmm where you cut out these foods that spike your blood sugar is going to regulate your appetite to where you don't go to bed hungry, but you're not eating this massive caloric surplus either. So that's yep. just when it clicked. I said, I think I could do this. And I started cutting out carbs. It was more like I was trying to stay under 50 or 100 carbs a day. And if I really wanted something sweet at the end of the day, I would have a bowl of Lucky Charms with a quarter cup and some milk, but I was eating so much good food throughout the day. I was having yeah. steak and omelets and spinach and all of the stuff that when I had the little tiny bowl of cereal, it didn't trigger me to go to Dairy Queen and get another blizzard. It was just like, man, I feel pretty satisfied. I just wanted something sweet. And that yeah. was in 2016 before all of these keto treats had hit the market. So yeah. that's really why I had that as my sweet treat instead of like a Quest cookie or um, the million other things out there. So yeah, that was like how I got into keto. Nice. So once you got in, what what? How long did it take for before you like saw a big difference or noticed a change? Um, and 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 did anybody else that saw you were like, holy shit, dude! Like Eric, like the hell have you been doing? You look, you look, you look different. Yeah. So funny enough, I, I was very social in school, but then once I graduated high school, I was like pretty much a, a hermit. I didn't go out. 
So I never got that social validation from the weight loss. Do you think parents? Noticed. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that the the your weight played a role in not wanting to go out? Do you, do you think? Oh yeah. I, I don't even okay. have any. Okay. I don't have any good before pictures because as soon as I hit my highest weight, I would checked out. No pictures. I don't yeah. want to go to parties. Nothing. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very and, common. And then it very was like, common. and then it was a cycle because you see, you get overweight, so you stop going out, and then you stop. I don't think you should compare yourself to people in an unhealthy way. But if you go out with your mm -hmm. friends and they're lifting weights, they're not getting two blizzards a day, and you are, and it's like you kind of feel like, man, I should get my stuff together a little bit. So there's a benefit to having a lot of friends who kind of push you to do better. And uh, I just, I wasn't getting that. And since I felt self-conscious, it wasn't going to happen yep. anytime soon. So it was like a, I got healthy inside of a vacuum where I wasn't being motivated by the outside world or like trying to go on dates. It was more so just I basically lived listening to podcasts, watching YouTube, and uh, and then I got my stuff together. And it took me about two years. So from 2016 to 2018, I dropped 80 pounds. I got to my lowest weight of 160. And then... Uh, yeah, that's I, pretty low. Yeah, and especially for me, like, I'm not muscular by any means, but I have a decent amount of, like, natural muscle mass that I carry around. Yeah. So 160 for me was like, I looked like a ghost. So uh, I ended up <laughs> getting back up over the next few years to like 170. And then it crept up. And then I started lifting weights and it crept up to like 180. And I was basically just consistently at this super healthy yeah. weight of 180, 175. Yeah. Felt great um, lifting weights. I would go running, things like that. And then uh, I just chilled at that place from like 2019, 2020 until we got pregnant. And then uh, we had a baby coming, so I started sliding. Now I'm at, at about 190, and I know I have the the recipe for a dad bod that's like brewing. Yeah. So that's like I was saying yeah. earlier. I'm, I'm getting yeah. myself back into gear. And same with yeah. Anna, my fiance. She during pregnancy it's harder to stay on track but after the pregnancy she's just like a, a flip switched for her too where now we're both not going out to eat we're making the healthy dinners if she does have some carbs Good. and sweet potatoes we're not getting the junk and uh it, it's just it's a great experience to like have had all of that success found a place i really enjoyed been able to stay there for a while and then you slide off and now I can have a better understanding of the people I'm helping through my page where sometimes you do lose control and it's okay as long as you're aware of it and you take the effort to get back on. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally, man. What, so during that, you know, during your 80 pounds that you lost, what made you want to get on YouTube and like share your journey and start, you know, the keto snacks, uh, page and, and like what made you do that and how long did you like how long did it take for you to start that page from the the day you started your journey so in 2016 
I started the, the whole low carb keto journey. And then I remember on New Year's of 2017, or going into 2018. So the first day of 2018, I had started keto snacks. That was also around the time I got to my lowest weight. And <laughs> honestly, I, I had gotten into like the Gary V videos where you can create a life just by sharing your journey on social media. And that was very appealing to me. So I, I had this idea of, let me just share what's working for me. And if I can impact one life, I feel like I've accomplished everything I need to accomplish. So yeah. the goal of the page was just to share what worked for me and then give that feeling of I'm overweight, I'm helpless, I'm a victim to I got my stuff together, I did it, this feels amazing to just one person. So when I started the page, it was like, all right, let's just share what's worked. Let's take these recipes that have helped me post them and just see what happens. And uh, at the time, nobody was posting recipes in the captions. It was all bloggers who posted a picture of the food and then said, go to my website for the recipe. Yep. I just intuitively knew nobody wants to click that link. I just want the recipe in the caption so I can screenshot it and go make it. And yeah. uh, so I started posting recipes with the recipe in the caption and my page just skyrocketed. So I knew I was on to something. And then yep. there have been a lot of ups and downs where the engagement drops, organic reach, whatever. But as long as you keep improving your content, as long as you keep making an effort to do a better job of helping people, it's very hard to lose. I think people, yeah. they start this journey of trying to become a social media personality with the idea of making money. And it's not about that for me. It's it's about impacting lives because you can have a career if you just bring value to the world, no matter what you're doing. So in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm providing value. I'm going to find a way to make a living, but let me just try to provide the most value possible because once you get those DMs of people saying that your content made them lose 80 pounds and now they can play with their grandkids or your content made them feel confident enough to go back on the dating apps and now they're engaged. It's like those DMs just, it's like an addiction to where I can't imagine waking up and not giving all that I have to those people and just converting one more person to this like new healthy way of living and helping them avoid this plant-based, um, <laughs> agenda that's sending people into depression and low energy and destroying their hormonal systems. It's, it's just yeah. crazy to me, like how much value people can get from learning the benefits of eating protein, vegetables, and fruit. Like that's all you got to do. Just eat some berries, eat a steak, mashed cauliflower, and watch how much better you feel watch how your body transforms. It, it's just an amazing thing. It is. It really is. And it's so funny. Like when I started watching, uh, your, your, your page, uh, I just, I instantly picked up on your sense of humor and, and like, I, you know, and, and like some people get it, some people don't right? like some, I'm sure you got like, wait, is he really, is that how he really says 
quesadilla or is that really how he says, <laughs> you know, like whatever like inside joke you use. Uh, I instantly picked up on it and I thought it was the fucking funniest thing. Like whenever you would, yeah, you'd pronounce things wrong, like on purpose or you'll say, yeah, roll it up like a fat blunt. But the way that you would say it, like, cause you would say it so nonchalant and keep it rolling that people were like, like, did, did he just say that? Like, did, cause you would keep it going. And that to me, like that was always like one of the biggest reasons why I kept coming back to your page. I'm like, this guy's fucking funny. Like he is hilarious. And he's, he's funny with not even trying to be funny. Like he's just, like, he's just doing him. Uh, so that I always thought that was like really one of the, like the golden things about your page is like your, your sense of humor. And, and, um, and so I guess I want to know, like, was that intentional or is that just like, that's just kind of how I've always been. Or did you know that you yeah. wanted to bring some sense of humor into? So it, it kind of just happened. Um, I've always had a, I've always been the person who's making everyone laugh. And uh, yeah. it's always been like, I, I would just troll people. So when I was in school, <laughs> I would just say like wild stuff yes. and keep a serious face, like a straight face and just say something crazy. And everyone's like, what? Oh my God. And to me, it's not even the laughter that's, that's rewarding. It's like just seeing people outraged. So like, I would just say something crazy. People would get upset. Half the people would think it was funny. And then I kind of, I got out of that because like I said, when I gained the weight, I was like this hermit who I just lived listening to podcasts. I kind of closed yeah. myself off. And then when I started making these recipe posts, that part of me wasn't part of it, but then I got in front of the camera. And people would ask me questions and you just get the same question a hundred times or you get like a really dumb question. And I understand there are no dumb questions. Everyone's concerns are valid. I'm here to help. But one day I said, someone was like, uh, like, what do you eat on a daily basis after they had asked me like a hundred times? And I was like, well, I start my day with a pound of bacon. And then I'll have like two bowls of mayonnaise for lunch and then a stick of butter for dinner. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just said it with a serious face. And a bunch of people were commenting like laughing emojis and a bunch of people were like, <clears throat> oh my God, this is the guy who's telling us how to get healthier. And I just thought that was so funny. So I yeah, people took it literally to like, content. no, I, I love it. Love it, dude. Yes. The way you would say it in <laughs> the way you, yeah, like so serious, like, I, I can't even explain it. Like, yeah, people just got to go listen to it. Like, it's so funny. Like, yeah, I, and it's, it's always like at the end of the day, like, like how we, how, you know, how we do the social media thing, like engagements, engagement. So like the best engagement is to get people who agree with you and to get people who disagree with you all on the yeah. same post and just get them just like, blah, 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 blah. Just giving their opinion. Like, this is stupid. I can't believe he's telling me to eat this. This is healthy. This is crap. And it's like, dude, he's obviously trolling you. Like, chill out right and so you just have this this conversations in the in the in the it's like your comment section would become its own like separate like post like it's so funny yeah. um, and one thing i noticed from doing that was i didn't do it with the intention to boost engagement i just did it because it was funny to me to see people's reactions and uh yep but then i started noticing i would get like a thousand comments on a post and 
famous people would uh charlie puth the guy who sings like the see you again song from fast and furious like he duetted one of my tiktoks when i said i eat a block of cream cheese for dinner and uh i noticed oh it's bringing all this awareness to my page so the eight out of ten posts i have that are totally serious totally helpful are reaching a million people now instead of a hundred thousand so I, I was like, all right, well, let me lean into this because it's helping more people. Even if 30% of them are just triggered or just doing it because they think it's wild, you you start to rub off on them. And they're like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. And then yeah. they start giving keto a chance or they start giving the idea of not having a croissant for breakfast a chance because all because I said some stupid joke that they got upset by. So it, it kind of works into the whole goal I have, which is just converting more people out of the granola bar for breakfast mindset more towards let's have some eggs and a nutrient dense avocado for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get them out of the uh, standard American breakfast, which is, you know, bowl cereal, which I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, who doesn't love bowl cereal? I love bowl cereal. It's just, yeah, not the best thing to start off with. And it's like, there's no nutritional value in cereal. Like there's no protein. I want to start my day off with some damn good protein and fat to start the day. Um, but that doesn't mean <laughs> cereal is, is not, doesn't taste delicious. It does, but no, that, yeah, that is awesome. So I want to, I want to go back to the very, very, very beginning. Cause you, you brought up an interesting comment. I just want to ask you about it. Um, so as when you were younger, like was nutrition or eating right a part of your life? And, you know, um, you mentioned, you know, when you were younger, like, you know, for instance, like if your parents fought, like it would kind of ruin your day. Do you feel like anything in your childhood kind of led to those emotions of overeating or things like that? Or was it just something just totally separate? So, yeah, so the, the comment about my parents was more so just an analogy of like, uh, if yeah, okay. you eat like crap, you feel like crap. So those around you are yeah. affected by someone who's not in a good mood. Um, just to clear mm-hmm. that up, I had, my parents were amazing, but, um, but yeah, okay. so it was like, just, just like little things where if, uh, like, like if you eat a crappy breakfast and then you're hangry and then I tell my fiance a joke that she doesn't think is funny. And I'm like, why didn't she laugh? It it kind of makes me feel bad. And then now to think of our baby, Sophia, if she's in the car and my fiance tells me a joke and I'm like, that's stupid, shut up. And, uh, or like something (laughs) like that, just because I'm hangry, that could make her feel bad, you know? So it's like, I was talking more about like the daily interactions that aren't like filled with joy that can make us not feel good. And uh, yep. a lot of it comes down to being hangry, having a blood sugar crash. But yep. uh, so as far as like what I ate during my childhood, it was the same thing every kid ate. Uh, it was Pop-Tarts and cereal for breakfast. It was school lunch with a cosmic brownie to wash it down. Dinner was <laughs> pizza rolls. So yeah, it pizza was rolls like were things the best. like that. Yeah. And uh and that's just what I grew up eating. McDonald's yeah. was like the greatest food in the world. It still is. I don't think anything 
will ever compare to McDonald's fries, in my opinion. I've been to <laughs> restaurants where we spent $300 on dinner, and it doesn't compare at all to the way they have this scientific process of getting you hooked on McDonald's. So yep. that right there is like the biggest thing that stands out to me about my childhood was I was along with 95% of other kids who weren't taught yeah. about nutrition. And if we yeah. are, we're kids. Why do, why are we going to listen to that? The McDonald's yeah. makes us feel good. So we're going to eat the yeah. McDonald's. And exactly. uh, although it doesn't really make us feel good, it just, it makes us feel high. And then we it's crash. our dopamines. Yeah. It, it's pleasing yeah. our dopamines, even as, as children. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing is you eat, the junk food and then you go into adulthood and everyone's on these diets and for me i just i'm like what i i can't do that i i'm used to dairy queen twice a day so <laughs> i i had no hope like i, I just had grown up eating so much junk yeah. that the idea of real food was just such a turnoff and uh intuitively i had moments of acknowledging my like primal desires for what we really need to eat so my favorite food growing up aside from like a mcdonald's fries and a blizzard i always loved steak and i knew that whenever we were having steak i would get so excited same thing with when i would go to concession stands and i would get the the chili cheese nachos oh man i would yeah. always wish that one nacho could have the entire cup of cheese with all of the chili on it and i would just eat that nacho <laughs> so i knew that these chips are kind of like a filler for the good stuff which is the meat and cheese and uh it's not until later in life that you realize wait this is because protein is really the most essential thing you can be consuming like fat if you're doing keto you're getting plenty of fat you know um, yeah but the the thing people are missing out on is protein and and animal protein. It's like when we were hunter gatherers, it's literally ingrained in our DNA to pursue large animals and eat them. And uh, we just are raised on the total opposite of that mentality where they, they shrink and shrink and shrink the meat mm -hmm. portion of the meal and they amplify the starch, the processed grains and all of the junk that's doing absolutely nothing except yep. giving you calories. Yep. <laughs> it's just so funny you say that, man. Dude, nachos with with the cheese, the 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 chili and the jalapenos. Like, don't get me started, man. You're getting me hungry. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it, yeah, it's uh, you're right, you're right. It's like, and when you and you know, you go to restaurants, like, what do they give you? That's free, guys. Chips and salsa, right? Are they ever going to give you meat? Are fats for free? No. Nope. What do they go when they go to Texas Roadhouse? What do they give you for free? Biscuits. Rolls. Yeah. Right? Rolls. Like, so you guys got to understand, like, they're giving you all the filler, all the junk, getting you hooked on all the crap. Trust me. They're not giving out free bacon. They're not giving out free steak just to fill you up and hold you. No, no. That shit is extra. So, yeah, man. What, um, so... Have you, have you, you've always pretty much kind of like stuck to like keto-ish, like keto-ish diet, right? Did, have, did you ever like try to go carnivore or anything like that? Nah. So my issue is I really have like a, from my childhood where it was a bowl of cereal before bed every night. 
I have this extreme mm -hmm. sweet tooth and that's why carnivore could never work for me because I have to mm -hmm. have every night, every single night, some sort of keto dessert. And I guess now yep. I could see myself doing carnivore because for the past few, for the past year, my sweet treat at the end of the day has been either like too good or ratio or sometimes just regular mm -hmm. yogurt um, unsweetened with a scoop of or two scoops of chocolate collagen i guess that could be considered yep. carnivore but um i also just enjoy I, I like vegetables i like uh if they're cooked in enough same, butter same with bacon and cheese i like low carb tortillas depending on the brand i know you did the mission tortilla uh blood sugar test and that was super yep alarming for a lot of people but yeah it's like those tortillas have always made my stomach feel crazy and i never knew what was going yeah. on it was like i think because i would eat them and then i would i i always go on these like super long walks so i would eat a mission yeah. tortilla and then i would walk my dog for 45 minutes and then i would have lifted weights that day so when i test my ketones the next day i'm in ketosis so I never put it yep. together, like what was going on. But then seeing your post about them was like, wait, maybe that's what's happening. Like maybe it's yep. messing with my blood sugar. Maybe there's some weird ingredients in there. That's why I feel sick after I eat them. But for a while, they just tasted so good. I just kept eating them. I didn't care. And, uh, <laughs> and, and now I'm switching to like different brands. I'm trying different types of things. But I just don't think I could do carnivore because... I like experiencing all of the, um, like all of the fibrous options to simulate carbs, like yeah. the perfect keto mac and cheese. I love that stuff. The, the quest. I haven't cookies, tried it yet, I but I heard some stuff. really good things about it. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not for everyone. If you're, if you're totally expecting it to taste exactly like regular craft mac and cheese, but if you're, used to eating keto foods it's like the best thing ever because there are so many things you can do with it yeah their cereal is really good yeah. their their honey nut it's like their version of honey nut cereal is the bomb i absolutely yeah. love it um man dude okay so what would you say to like okay so since like you know you and i are both fathers and you know we're we're been on our our health journey for quite a while for people listening to this, for people watching this, like, what would you say to other parents out there that, you know, they want to start their health journey? They're not quite sure where to start. They don't know if they want to do keto. They don't know if they want to do low carb, whole foods, etc. Um, and they have busy lives just like everyone else does. Right. They have a busy life. They have a family. Um, but they, they just don't know how to get started. Like what, what would, what would be your biggest, uh, advice to give to them? I talk about this every day on my page. I get somebody asking me how to get started, and this is always my answer. It's changed over the years where for a while I would say, just pick one meal and take away the carbs. I would change that now to saying, pick one meal. So this is like a four week plan of what I would do. If the reason I, I'll, I'll just go back. And the reason I bounced back after I gained the fatherhood 15 and had carbs a few times per week, I bounced back super easily because I did keto for six years. 
So I have this mm-hmm. base of discipline that I'd already built up. But if I was talking to myself from six years ago with that style of eating, who had just become a father and all of these things, I would say, listen, you're not going to succeed if you just try to go cold turkey unless you have David Goggins level discipline. Like the average person (laughs) who's on the standard American diet is not going to either succeed, sustain it, or just have a good time if they go all in and cut out everything. I know it can be done. There are a lot of people who do it, but I just don't think the average person who kind of has like this helpless mentality they're feeding us is going to succeed when it gets really hard. So my best advice to that person is pick one meal per day and add whatever you deem to be healthy to that meal. So that's week one. Every breakfast, instead of having Pop-Tart, just have some eggs if you think eggs are healthy. Or if you think avocados are healthy, have half an avocado before you eat the cereal. If you just add one healthy thing to one meal every day, you're going to gain some positive momentum and you're going to start feeling good about yourself. Your identity is going to start to shift. You're going to start to believe you're the type of person who can take action towards getting healthier because that's where we're all screwed is we don't believe we can do it. It's like the secret, the law of attraction, like all of that has a lot of BS to it, but it also has a lot of real stuff that can work. And it comes down to just what do you believe is possible for you? And you're not going to get it by standing in the mirror and saying, I am healthy 25 times every morning. You're going to get it by doing something that makes you feel like you are healthy. So yeah, that's week one. Add something healthy to one meal per day. Week two, pick another meal, add something healthy to it. Week three, pick another meal, add something healthy to it. And then by week four, your breakfast has eggs and avocado. Your lunch is... Uh, Caesar salad, you're not even eating the fries anymore. Dinner is steak with mashed cauliflower and you're you're really doing it, but you just have to start with something small enough that you know you can stick to because without the positive momentum, without the identity shift, you're just going to revert right back to your old habits. Yeah, dude, that, that was a much better answer than I thought you were going to give. That was awesome. That's very detailed, which I can tell you do get asked that almost every day for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that is awesome. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes. I want to ask you just a, a personal question. Um, so you got you had your first baby. You have little Sophia. Um, how old is she? She's eight weeks on Thursday. Oh my gosh. I miss, I'm not going to lie, dude. I miss babies. I'm look. Yeah. I want another one. I want another one so bad. (laughs) If so, if I could see Sophia, if I I would, you would give me, you would give me baby fever. I I know (laughs) I've always been the type that dude, since I was a small child, like I always knew I wanted a big family like yourself. Mm. Like you said, like I had the best parents, my mom and dad, like my dad is a real life superhero to me. Like in my eyes, like my, He's a legit superhero. Um, my mom, the most loving, biggest heart you'll ever meet. And they were just wonderful parents. And I always knew I wanted a big family. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if it was up to me, I'd have seven kids right now. But <laughs> as you as you quickly find out, like, it's like, oh, maybe seven's not realistic. But I do still want a big family. Um, do, you, uh, do you want any more kids? Or is it, like, too soon right now to even think about that? 
Uh, we definitely want one more. I don't know what's going to happen after that, but yeah, we, I think two is the, the number I grew up with one sister and, uh, I really liked that of like, we can all get in the car and go somewhere without driving oh, the parents the crazy, chasing after six different kids. The only way I could yes. see us having more is if my financial situation like dramatically changed and we had like, <laughs> nannies. But uh, as far as like me and Anna just bootstrapping it, I like the idea of just like two kids. Yeah, no, dude. But, uh, but I feel I, that urge. Yeah, no, trust. Yeah, same, same here, man. If, uh, yeah, man, financially, yeah, it's like, and my, my daughter, like I said, just started preschool. And so I'm like, all right, babe, like we, we got to cut something out because her tuition now is, is like yeah. a damn car payment. So what what are we cutting out? Like I, I won't do X amount of this anymore. You got to cut out this and we're doing this for our child because this is an extra payment we have to make. And it's more than worth yeah. it, obviously, right? Our child's education, like perfectly fine. But we got to take a step back and remove something from our lives because, yeah, the kids are – very expensive and look for it we're i'm going on five years in november 25th uh of changing dirty diapers so i'm still changing diapers mm. so i still haven't technically got out of it yet and and like i said I, I have no problem you know i have no problem uh resetting the clock i love kids i would love to have more um but like i said that's when the real world kicks in and you got to kind of think financially can i afford it and um and yeah, like I I love I love being able to go like on road trips with my family. I'm actually planning um, one in the next couple of weeks. I want to I want to drive up to Colorado Springs and take them to mm. Santa's workshop, um, which is like up on some mountain. Looks super super dope. But like yeah, just man, and and you'll see, man, as, as Sophia gets older, like just being able to take her and have her experience things that like I never got a chance to do. Like, so like my, my parents amazing, but we were not by any means financially. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say the word wealthy. I mean, it's like we were in a, we were, I mean, my family, we were fine. Like I wasn't starving or anything, but we weren't able to go like on big trips or anything like that. Like for instance, biggest example, like what my two daughters have been able to do in this three, four years, I never got to do as a kid, you know? And to me, like that is the most rewarding thing. Like taking my daughters for my birthday to New York and just showing them New York. I know a lot of people are like, what the hell? You took a three-year-old and a four-year-old to New York, dude. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. And I will tell you this right now from the New Yorkers listening to this. And for people that hate on New York, th the people were so nice everywhere we went mm -hmm. and you have to imagine guys like we had a stroller we had like everybody was always trying to help us like do you need help like the people in new york and, and again i'm not gonna lie like i was kind of scared like i was like man like a three-year-old and a four-year-old new york you hear the stories get a little crazy there like you know I don't, you know the police are kind of taking a step back it's it's a little nuts so I, i'm not gonna lie i was a little scared but it was one of the most amazing trips. My girls loved it. They loved the subway. They loved Times Square. Mm. They loved the big city. <laughs> and I know this is going to sound gross, but they even love, they even love the rats, um, which they are <laughs> everywhere. There's rats everywhere in New York. But it just comes with the territory, right? But they thought it was the coolest thing. Like the first night we got there, we're walking to our hotel. 
And I guess apparently that day was like trash day. So you got to imagine, guys, like it's not like trash like here in Texas. Like, you know, you and I like on trash day, we take our trash cans out and then we bring them back inside. Like that's 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 how it is. Well, in New York, it's just bags and bags of on the sidewalk, like literally on the sidewalk. So there it must have been trash day. And so as we're walking to our hotel, there's just like a whole block of just trash bags and there's fucking rats everywhere. And my wife's like so grossed out. And my girls are like, Oh my God, look at there's a rat. Like they were so excited. Um, one, cause they've never seen rats that big or I don't even think they've seen rats before, but they thought it was the coolest thing. But like, even like little moments like that, like I will remember for forever, like first time ever in New York and get into experience these things and, and do things with my kids that I never got to do. And it's just like, it's one of the greatest feelings. And I cannot wait for you to experience that, man. It's, it's, uh, it's so special. And it, it, like you said, it's every, every, every moment is the fourth quarter and, and you're, you're, I couldn't have said it better, man. You're so right, dude. Seeing Facebook memories of my kids when they were like one or two, like, you know, they just randomly will pop up and it's like, it breaks my heart. I mean, I'm so happy to see my girls grow, grow up. But at the same time, I, I, I literally want to cry because yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, like you were so small. Your cheeks were so chubby. You had little pixie hair. You could barely walk. And now I look at you. Like, I can't even give you a hug without you saying like, daddy, get off of me. What are you doing? Um, so it's, it's just weird, this weird feeling, man, like of like being so proud to see your daughters grow up, but yeah, that's I'm already I'm noticing it. Having it's, like, uh, yeah, it's like, she's so tiny now where when we brought her home, she was even tinier. She was like five and a half pounds. Yeah. So she was really small. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah. Now she's like ballooning up. She's probably nine pounds now and, uh, maybe more, who knows, but it's like, she came home and all she wanted to do was sleep. She would wake up. We'd have to like keep her awake to eat because we had to feed her like a ton. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and now she's like finally woken up and she's looking at the world around her and we can make her smile now. And it's like, Oh my God, this baby we brought home is totally different. It's like, we're watching her grow up in real time. And yeah, it, it, to the average person, it's like a eight week old, a one day old, same thing. It's just a baby. But to me, yeah. it's like, man, she's had like 60 different lifetimes because every day <laughs> to her is like, yes. uh, she's changing, she's growing, her brain is developing. So like, yeah, this whole experience is just, it's extremely humbling because like, you just realize like, what really matters in life. And it's, yeah. it's just forced me to grow up in so many ways where normally I'm impatient, I can be irritable if things aren't going smoothly. But with the baby, you're changing a diaper, they poop, and then you have to change it again, and then they poop again, yeah. and you're like, or then they internally pee. You're like, out. really? <laughs> yeah, and you have to change their outfit, and it's like this whole thing. But you just look into their eyes, and it's like, how could I be mad? I might be no. frustrated that this is happening, but how could I be frustrated at her? And it's just. Maybe if she's a toddler and she starts like pushing my buttons, then I'll get frustrated. Oh, at her. she will. But, oh, she will. She yeah. she will. And just wait until you, like she starts showing her characteristics of like, is she you or is she Anna? Right? Like, yeah. so it's so funny. Like, we got two girls, and my oldest is a hundred and ten percent me. Like, it is so crazy when we talk about nature or nurture. 
it's all nature. Like yeah. they are my oldest acts like me, talks like me, thinks like me, like, and I didn't teach her any of these things. That's just who she is because she's all me. Yeah. And then my littlest one, Camila is all her mom, like mm. drama queen <laughs> over exaggerates <laughs> everything. Everything's the end of the world. Like, and if my wife's listening to this, like we joke around like, yeah, she is all her mom. But, uh, you know, one, one of the, one of the, the, one of the coolest DMs, well, one DM that I, I that I would get that really kind of opened my eyes was when, you know, always showing my girls when they were younger, but you know, getting messages from other dads and be like, dude, like my daughter just turned 18 or my daughter's getting married this weekend or my daughter just went to college. I would do anything to have the moment that you're having right now with your daughter again with my daughter. So please like, please cherish it. I love watching your videos. I love watching your daughters and your, and your, and, and you play with them because I miss those moments with mine and they're all grown up. And that really was like, Whoa, like damn like that. I get those that, messages too. Yeah. Like those are just like, those I, I'm not saying they're sad, but it's just they're just like whoa, like it really makes you think, right? Like damn, like you're right, bro. Like I, I really need to, I need to get off this editing this video. It's not that important. I need to go spend time with them. Or I really don't need to really focus about this post that's taking me a long time. Like why don't I go play blocks with my girl or go play tea party or something? You know whatever they want to do, um, because dude, life is so short and time goes by like that and then when you have kids it's like it's like it's like the old um vcr it's like putting everything in like four times speed fast mm. forward when you have kids yeah it's just nuts but um yeah yeah man, yeah man it's, i'm uh, already noticing it time... <laughs> about yeah <laughs> yeah well man dude uh i don't want to take any more time away from your little little sophia dude Eric, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day, man, and, and jumping on this podcast with me. I know Eric, Eric lives like an hour uh, up north from me, so I, and I, we definitely need to uh, go have some lunch again. Um, yeah. And we'll have a play date, too, someday. Yeah, we'll have a play Dude, date someday. Totally. Yes. Um, but definitely, man. Yeah. L let uh, let my people know where they can find you. Like, where's the where's the best place they can go and catch all your all your amazing recipes? So on Instagram and TikTok, it's just Keto Snacks with a Z at the end. So Keto Snacks with a Z, Instagram and TikTok. I'm also doing some YouTube now. Um, I'm just posting those videos to YouTube Shorts. So yep. you can find me on YouTube. My book, Breaking Up With Carbs, is on Amazon. That's got like the information you would need for keto. But as far as like recipes, self-help stuff either instagram tiktok the book that's where you can find me heck yeah dude well brother appreciate it we got to catch up sometime soon everybody thank you for uh, sticking around and listening we love you guys we'll see you on the next episode peace all right bye thanks for having me see you bud